0: hard work, gun-toting cats atop flame-nostriled unicorns. This is Carbon 4 Brewing in Madison, Wisconsin. Come along and hang out with the guys behind the Fantasy Factory curtain. Be exposed to those backroom, unfiltered meetings where the beer geekery is on point and beer trends are dissected.
1: Sorry, I mean, it's off topic a little bit, but... Yeah. Things like, are always off topic. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's nothing new.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is my first that's Contorter. Weird.
1: Good. All right. You like your you like Nightflight better though, right? That's your baby. I, contorter's never been my
2: favorite. Yeah, so. we should probably start and then well i can see the record button so the (laughs) lights are the lights are are (laughs) always on
3: i've never i've never been (laughs) a a big fan of contorter either and i've been involved in making it for seven years and it's a it's a well-made beer it just is mashed at such a high temperature That's the one flavor across the board in beers that i don't like and and at least you know contorter hides it better than madtown nut brown but those beers are designed to be sweet uh dextrins Mm. that you get from a high mash temperature no, malt sweetness in general, like if you're putting in a lot of crystal malt and a lot of Munich malt and stuff like that, like I, I like that kind of sweetness as long as it's not overdone. But the dextriny sweetness is just like, I don't know, it feels like sticky in my mouth and it, it's not like a satiating, it's not like a mouthfeel that's like satisfying. It just is like fills my mouth and coats it and then kind of goes away weirdly.
2: <laughs> so it rem- reminds you when you used to work in a brothel? <laughs> <laughs>
4: No. If I could capture that flavor <laughs> too, too soon, you could bottle it. No, maybe we need to take a pilot system and do the same right. recipe with the lower mash temperature and do a taste test with it just to see if we should bring the, bring it down a little bit to see if it, how much it changes I, the flavor.
3: I, I actually don't think we should because just an interest of keeping the brand, what it's always been, and also differentiating it from Mission Night Flight. We actually tried it at Ale Asylum with Madtown Nut Brown mm. um, back when we were in this location. I talked Dean and Chris into letting me do one where we mashed at, I think, 149 degrees, and it was delicious. But we had, you know, a really informal just kind of survey of everybody, and it came out split. Half the people liked the the drier one better. Half the people liked the the sweet one better. And so, yeah, just for the sake of brand continuity, we kept it how it was. But I really liked I like it, it with sweet. the low mash
2: temp. I like the sweet. But that's why you're skinny and I'm fat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, the concerted reporter is the sweet one, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, it actually reminds me, uh, dryer. Dryer. Yeah. reminds me a lot of dryer.
2: This reminds me a lot of Pig's Ass Porter out of Montana. That was like one of the first ones I really got into. Go to like Buffalo Wild Wings every night after work. Pig,
3: pig's Ass would be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I, I like Night Flight. I think I like that drier one.
1: I like, I love that. That's the poor, I don't know. And my. How should I say this in my beer drinking life? That's definitely the porter I've reached for the most because it's not my style at all. And your yeah. passion for it, Ryan's, really turned like just get, put it on my mind more. And that beer in particular is so crushable that the dry finish.
4: Oh, yeah, the dry finish, and then the low alcohol at like 5%, five percent, five point three, it makes it easy to drink. Yeah, I think part of the reason I'm not as fan as contorter is just because it has more hops in it. And I'm not a hops fan. So yeah, you know, something like Edmund Fitzgerald has a lot of hops. So the contorter porter has is close to what the Edmund Fitzgerald has. So that's probably why I don't lean towards it as much.
1: Well, it's kind of on brand for ill asylum. I mean, even that right. Amber, <clears throat> mm-hmm. our Amber can beat up your IPA is the
0: old saying. Right, <laughs> yeah, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we have, in addition to Joe and Ryan and Zach from Carbon4, we have a, a couple new faces, new voices to uh, the mics this week for the Carbon4 podcast, um, or on the Carbon4 podcast. So let's do some introductions and uh, tell us who you guys are, tell the, our listeners who you are, what you do, um, and
5: uh, and then we'll get rolling into... Do you want to go first, Ryan? you go first. Okay. My name is Joey. I am the lead seller here at Carbon4. Yeah.
2: How long have you been (laughs) with Carbon for? What's your full birth name? Three years. You got my social security (laughs)
5: number? Social security number and bank
0: routing information? Um, No,
5: I've been here for three years. Ryan hired me in the midst of COVID um, when I was employed, but not in beer. Okay. And I was working at a blood distribution center and I got the itch to get back into a brewery. You got sick of all the vampires? Yeah, it smelled like medical tubing. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I wanted to get back into brewing. Ryan hired me over COVID and I've been here ever since. Moved up, which has been good. Um so I work with Joe a lot, are there sellerman, Zach? There's a lot of like collaboration between Ryan on packaging and myself. Mm-hmm. And then I also do batching of like THC water, the Sparkle and Wisco Pop brands.
2: Okay. So yeah, it's been fun. You're our music man, you're my magic man. Yeah. Back there. Sam beats on everybody. Sam was going to be on today, but he's sick. Yeah, he would sick do anything to get out of a podcast.
5: (laughs) He
1: would secretly love it. He he, he
2: probably would, yeah. Yeah, he'll be one of the 50 people that listen to this. Yeah. (laughs) Hi, Sam. He's going to miss it. Now he's going to come on solo. (laughs) Yes.
3: It'll be the Carbon One podcast. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I'll just... We'll get him and Murphon at the same time and set him up like those talking bears um, like go <laughs> <Stop. laughs>
1: <laughs> You guys know what they're talking about, those bears, their mouth moves and they talk to each other.
2: Like from the nineties? That's like my two boys, my older two boys bickering about everything. All the time. Non yep. stop. Really? Like but trying to do like a real nice, like, let's get ready for bed, read some bedtime stories type of stuff, and inevitably devolves after like 25 minutes straight of, <laughs> and I'm like, shut the fuck up!
1: <laughs> is that so, did Murph and Sam go at it all the time like
2: that? I didn't. No, no, no I, I just mean the, the F-bombs back and well, forth. Yeah, 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 every other word out
5: of Patrick Murphy's mouth is it, fuck. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, we needed to, yeah. We were
1: like NC-17 the first couple podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> and managers' meetings. <laughs> yeah, everything. and all managers' meetings. I felt bad when we were doing, Dad was doing the lean consulting stuff. And Murph's just, fuck, fucking, fuck, fucking read the book. <laughs> sleeping stairs. Like- <laughs> Murph, I know you're listening, so I hope you laughing. <laughs> He's
2: laughing. You know, we went fun. to PG-13 after uh, yeah. after yeah. Murph left. He's probably listening right now, and he's going, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> oh god,
3: fucking a! Yeah. <laughs> oh.
1: Joey, though, t- t- talk to us about how you got to a blood bank. Maybe some of your other origin
5: oh, yeah, yeah. stories. So, traveling band. Yeah. So I got into beer just by home brewing in like 2017, and then I got a job at Sunshine Brewing in Lake Mills, mm-hmm. working for Lane. Um, and then COVID happened and he just didn't need me anymore. Mm. You know, he could manage the brew, the load and everything. And so I slowly phased out of there and then I was just looking for jobs and there was a blood bank distribution center, like a block from my house over COVID and it paid like, you know, fine. So I was like, all right, I'll do that. But it was really boring. Cause you're just like, you're sitting in a room with blood and you're just waiting for like a hospital to need something. So for, like, seven out of eight hours of my day, I was just, like, watching YouTube videos. Like, I got really into um, Shin Lim, like, America's Got Talent, like, card magic and, and shit like that. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah.
2: And. Shin Lim does just, that killer smoke trick, doesn't he? Where he pulls the card out of his mouth with the smoke. Probably, yeah. Shin Lim. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So, it it was fun, but it was. I got into a bad spot. And I was just like, all right, I need to get like a job where I'm like moving and thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not just yeah. playing Stardew Valley and watching YouTube It's fun. How,
1: it, it's weird how much slower the clock ticks, right? In that yeah. mode. Yeah, yeah. Most people think they want that. And then you get there and you go, oh, wow, this is way more miserable
5: yeah. than being busy. And then <clears throat> shortly after coming on here, being on the bottling line, you know, for like the first few weeks, I was here killing. Like, two, where's that blood? Yeah. Killing, <laughs> yeah. killing two tanks a day with like air compressors screaming in the background and the bottles are just flying down the line. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what have I done? <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> I had it so good. <laughs> I wonder what Shin's up to right yeah.
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's got a new trick.
2: <sighs> yeah. So, but I'm glad I,
5: I, you know, made it through that like initial phase of being like, oh my God, I haven't made a mistake
2: that was that's passing that's a screening test right there yeah, yeah.
5: can you survive a, a two-day tank bottling <laughs> yeah. day, two a can day?
2: you see past the bottling data yeah well, i was, I was <laughs> looking the at the rest her, of the whole thing
1: about a year maybe a year ago i looked at it and i think we had hired we've gone through like 350 people overall and like the payroll system you know but we have 30 on mm-hmm. staff maybe so there's, I think a, there's a long list of like packaging line like what have i done
5: yeah <laughs> I, I think i've told sam this um but for, like, the first couple weeks, I would have, like, I don't know if you could call it nightmares, but, like, I would hear bottles clanking together and, like, shattering in my, in my sleep. That's a Christmas carol. Yeah. <laughs> so. But, yeah. I'm, I like where I'm at. Ebenezer right Joey. Yeah. <laughs> Just clank, wake clank, up in a cold sweat. <laughs> it's
2: time to review your life decisions.
1: What about before, um, before Blood Bank and, and Sunshine?
5: I was just a forklift operator, like working warehouse jobs. Yeah? Yeah.
1: What about your musical? Talents?
5: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So before that, so initially out of high school, I wanted to be a musician. So I'm a drummer and now a guitar player. And I was trying to make music happen. And I didn't make any money. Lost money. So I just decided to get a job. <laughs> <regarding, you> know, <laughs> it's time. Got to get out of my parents' basement. <laughs> so yeah just started working warehouse jobs and then thought about what it might be like to make beer, you know as I'm like mindlessly putting products into packages and,
2: and now we're started home, that. Start, yeah, yeah, started home past. brewing
5: and things have turned out, you know, I think pretty well for myself. Cool. all things considered. yeah, we've been Kinda really like stumbled stumbled into this role, you know
3: I think it was before I even met you we were at the craft brewers conference. Cause I drove up with, with Sam and, and Rob at the time and then met up with Patrick and we're walking around Minneapolis and Patrick is telling me how you liked being in the cellar and wanted to stay there. And I was like, <laughs> I hadn't even met you yet. And I was like, keep that guy. <laughs>
5: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone wants to be a brewer. Yeah. yeah. I shadowed um, Sam on the brew house a couple of times and I like brewing, you know, it's the experience, all the smells and everything. Um, it's kind of romantic I guess, but everything's sticky all the time. And I'm way too anal about, you know, cleaning. I, I was like, ah, we got to move this ho- hose over here. And I would like take time to like spray down the fittings. And it's just like, no, just go, just do it.
3: <laughs> I'm also going to piss off a lot of people and say that cellaring's is a lot more important. And, Hell yeah, Joe. and I was at, um, <laughs> cellar boys. <laughs> yeah. When I ran the, when I ran the brewery in Tacoma, I would like new people coming into the brewery. I would teach them how to wash kegs and how to clean tanks and whatnot. But then they went straight to the brew house because I was like, you screw up in the brew house. It's, you're making sugar water. I'm going to know it right away. You know, we can do something about it. If you pick up oxygen in the cellar, I'm going to know about it in two months when a customer complains about it. You mm-hmm. know, I want people to really have their shit together before they work in the cellar. So yeah, the whole like rotation through the brew house is kind of always seemed a little backwards to me, but. I think it was probably maybe Dean who I was having a conversation with about this. He brought up a good point. He was like, you know, there's a lot more improvisation that happens in the brew house when stuff goes wrong. And I can, I can see that being valid, you know, not, I mean, not that you don't improv in the cellar, but it's usually not like this has to happen in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Right. Kind of thing. So I can, I, I, I guess I get the, the rotation from that perspective, but still like, I, I feel like, you know, cellaring is such, so much more of a delicate thing.
5: It's fun.
1: It, it, like you're a gamer as a brewmaster or a brewer, but you're like a a process guy and a perfectionist in the cellar. Like an archaeologist, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're really like a. Oh, I meant gamer, like good in the games right. time situation,
3: not video games. But, oh, <laughs> right, gotcha. Right. Right. Like,
1: like, yeah, you're good on the fly. You're, you're like, you suck at practice, but you kick ass in the game. Versus, like, the cellarman <laughs> might be like always good, right? Because it's process driven, it's repeatable. You got to be disciplined.
2: I think a brew house is really. probably more like football.
3: And Seller is more like golf. yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. You be or, like, or maybe like, Seller is like the field goal kicker who always leads the team in points. Yeah. <laughs> there
0: right.
2: You go. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, if they miss one, the like, everybody sees
3: it and knows it, and they get shit on
2: for it. Yeah. Big time. If you, only yeah, I had Joey, a salary of someone who played yeah. golf. <laughs> <Yeah>. Professional golfer. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think we're all looking for that. <laughs> that you, It's been really fun to watch you grow, though, Joey. Um it, as you said, stumbling forward. But I mean, your professionalism and work ethic, and how you've developed, has been much more than stumbling. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. especially in this lead role, it's been fun because you're kind of a shy, you're a shyer guy. I mean, not one-on-one, but well,
2: on the microphone. But
1: yeah, yeah. on the microphone, <laughs> yeah. shy. Well, yeah, but it's just slightly more introverted naturally. But really, I think shining has taken responsibility and charge in the cellar. It's been that. That's been. It's always the most fun thing for Ryan and I, and just like the day-to-day grind of this over the years is whenever people when you just you can just like see them grow it's like oh that's so great like it's like Mm -hmm. a very lasting um satisfying feeling you know for for us at least in a selfish way
5: absolutely
2: i'm already uh you've chosen your target (laughs) yeah right move towards it
5: i've told i've told ryan before like i'm not a big like brew science guy. Like, I feel like I've hit my ceiling a little bit there. You know, there's always more to learn, but like the problem solving and like all the puzzles that go on, especially with like figuring out how to do the sparkles and like the NA stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, Oh, I have to center fusion, like link three tanks together and do all this stuff. And then you just look at it and you visualize it and then you do it. And it's like
2: a dopamine hit. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you you have those several tanks, (laughs) And it's um trying to plan your day out and arguing with yourself first, like which tank do I want to touch first? Yeah, which order should this happen there? It's like really playing it out and then and then getting to test it right away and getting all that instant feedback.
5: Yeah, how can I do this in the most efficient way possible that doesn't have me here for ten hours? And then all being like number based. Yeah, on there for sure. Yeah, and I'm just super anal about cleanliness which is a strength in my role i yes. think
2: just not in personal hygiene yeah right, right. No, <laughs> i haven't showered in <laughs> oh, i'm gonna have to shower this week thanks guys uh yeah one of my favorite parts this summer like zach was saying watching you grow was um the story i was telling him was like early in the summer when things were when you guys were doing dailies and things were wrong it would the, the message was like uh, hey, this tank's not gonna make it on time,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then it was just kind of like drop, and then like, okay, well, that's good information, and I kind of figured it out. And then after a while, we're like, okay, well, let's look at the hey, this tank's not gonna make it, let's look at the schedule and see what that might mean. And then, and then I started poking back at you, saying, like, well, what do you think we should do? Like, you're the ones got to spin it on a, wrong, a different day, right? Double, triple spin if it moves, that's not me doing it, you gotta figure that out. So, you like, plan your own you know, fate here. And then it became, hey, this isn't going to make it. These are the things I think could happen. And then I started saying, well, what do you prefer? And then it became, I prefer this. And then now we're at the point where it's, hey, i move moved some tanks around because based on the stuff and unless you say something in the next hour, this is what right. I'm doing. we're going for. It. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. I've already spoke with Joe. And Sam and we've all and Ryan and we already worked out what's happening and I'm and I couldn't pump my fist any harder and high five Zach. It's only taken me like 10, 11 years to be able to Well, I'm not trying to give myself credit there, but I think, you know, I'll, the much earlier me is just always solid it for everybody. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. You know. And and now it's so much more fun to turn around on you guys and ask the question back, like, Well, what do you think we should do? And why don't you guys talk about each other? And it's getting a lot more fun to grab two of you. And we kind of, you can order, I can see you moving in the right direction. And now my, one of my favorite things is like, why don't you guys just work that out and come back to me. If you're, if you get really stumped again, and you should come back an hour later and you guys have knocked it out of the park. Yeah. You know, okay. it doesn't matter if it's you, Ryan and Robbie trying to fix something or figure something or Joey. And, and even like just for before we sat down to pod uh, to record our silo truck, is set for thursday today's two monday and it just ran out early like we're several Shit. thousand pounds off is this
1: this this is the switch one this too? is the switch over to well, rar at least we got at least we got through it Charlie. right yeah, yeah but
3: yeah. we're we like we emptied that motherfucker <laughs> 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 yeah. so we i was worried we weren't going to be able to yeah,
2: yeah. we, we kind of had an easy week in the brew house is good but like we still are like with all the bag malt in house and mm-hmm. begging and borrowing like We'll make it, and I'm waiting to hear back from them. But by the time you guys even told me about it, I walked in the office. You guys already had three, four options on the table. It already solved it, and and that's 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 awesome. That's a really, really, really good feeling because it lets me know that I can keep trying to look forward and get the heck ahead of you guys. It's too easy.
4: I mean one small change you got to talk to like all the different departments between the brew house um, the seller packaging and we have to talk to Dan to make sure like okay if we got to push something early are we going to have all the material for it or we won't be able to so it's not just like a simple conversation it's like you really have to go around and like figure out like what is this going to affect because you can see look on a sheet and say okay this looks okay but that doesn't mean that we're going to have everything in house Mm -hmm. to be able to get the beer out the door early yeah, and everybody
2: across the board, everybody's competency's risen substantially because of all of that. You know, I don't have nearly as much anxiety now if I go to take a long weekend or something. I like all right, this year, hop selection. I, I don't know if there, there was one or two things that came up and you guys really solved it. And the year before, I remember walking around and it was something's missing and this and this and this. And it was like, what? It like 2000 miles away what do you want me to do <laughs> you know like figure it out like you guys are totally more than capable and everybody is everybody's challenging themselves and
5: well, we had to we work through work and
2: build on that yeah in order to al- allow that as a team we have to you got to
1: get more organized get your you know procedures set up and everybody's got to actually be engaged in it right and i think that's a lot of the growth that's happened over the last year is building the program as a team um Setting some expectations as a team. I think the whole customer handoff concept. I mean, not that we sit and talk about it every day, but that idea is important. Of like, hey, what does it mean to hand off from brew to seller, seller to package, and and just even thinking about problems in the process in that context helps. I don't know. Get, define the responsibilities, you know, and the and like, okay, what do I actually get to own, and then you're empowered to own it and and then work through that because it took i mean it took a lot of a lot of uh i don't know a lot of jazz
2: <laughs> and, and and making that progress but how has it, it been for you joey then not to cut you sec there but just that's such a good point it made me think about that journey like <clears throat> like even two summers ago was a different proposition of mm-hmm. course when we got the pallet wrapper that changed everybody's summer oh yeah everybody's <laughs> <everything>. <laughs> I remember being out there with you one, like two summers ago and we had to change stuff around. And I just went outside and I started rapping Cause yeah, it was like, like a Thursday or Friday. It's like four o'clock. It's hot as hell. And I'm like, I'm not going to let you out there by yourself. Yeah. But now we have little change like that, which helped that kind of, you know, helped our process. But, but even this last summer, we had new packaging equipment. We were still really trying to learn. And we took on a lot of different uh, projects. We had a lot of things that we were year into different things. We were blending together. Um, And so we got the chance to learn a bunch of that. But now going into this coming up summer, I mean, you guys learned so much about the packaging line, got sellers like starting to get really tight. Joe and I worked through our language about like when we onboard new customers or what's needed, you know, I think we're all kind of finding our rhythm. So how have you felt a difference in your couple of years here? Like a lot more just drowning three years ago and
5: Yeah. 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 There was that like weird transition period when the cooler was ripped out and it was just madness on the packaging line because there's pallets of products sitting around and like having to look through all that for like pick for orders and stuff. And back when seller was doing more like seller slash like warehouse stuff, switching to like a dedicated warehouse person has probably been like the biggest benefit to me and like what I can accomplish in a day. Yeah. But yeah, it's like. Not I don't know if it's night and day, but it's like a big difference from when I started. And like the more difficult shit that you do, like the easier everything else gets. You just get more and more and more efficient mm-hmm. over time. It's like Sam was telling me, like uh when you guys started doing three turns a day on the brew house, it was mm-hmm. like, Oh man, this sucks. And now he's like, It's easy. <laughs> like,
2: yeah. yeah, it's just normal. And every yeah. once in a while we do four. Yeah. And then, like, in a blue moon, I'll we'll do, like, an overnight. I think I've done mm-hmm. 95% of the overnight. I don't know if anybody's ever done an overnight besides me. Maybe Sam probably has. Probably. You know, at some point in time. But, yeah, even doing the overnight ones. Summertime with the door open, washing all the meth heads across the parking lot. <laughs> you know. Keep your Glock underneath the brew log. <laughs> <laughs> Come get some. Yeah, every, I think...
5: In short, I think everything's just way more streamlined than when I first started. Anyways, and probably even more so if Sam were here, he could probably add to that. Uh, yeah, there'd be a lot of complaining, problems. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Shut up. It would all be true. Yeah. That's, that's 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 his saving grace. Quit trying to suck up, Joey. <laughs> he doesn't just make it up. He just says it. And it's like, God, I can't fault you. I need you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, man! You here Jordan Peterson's coming back to Milwaukee yeah, March it's the tenth, same oh, Peps shit. Theater.
1: I I don't know for sure. I just saw that flyer and I I thought of Joey right away. It's the tenth or eleventh? I think the tenth because my March. birthday is the eighth, and I was like, oh, that's like right on my birthday.
2: Yeah, but that was your birthday present. <laughs> the
1: three of us went to a yeah right JBP talk in Milwaukee two years ago. It was it was fantastic. We had a beer dinner at Good City, and Ryan had a had great pre- yeah. <laughs>
2: It was fascinating. <laughs> I don't know if I can just remember
5: anything. <laughs> it was really
3: a nice, it was
1: great. It was really great.
2: Yeah, Tammy opened, she was.
1: Oh, and she killed it. Yeah. yeah.
3: If you smash four she edibles crushed. together, it's still one edible. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's like the nacho rule, right? <laughs> it's one gummy
2: nacho. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See you next Thanksgiving. I'll be over here in the
4: psych ward. <laughs> Ryan, tell
2: us some of your path, my friend.
4: um i'm ryan uh packaging lead i've been here for about a year and a half a little over a year and a half before here i was at octopi for a little over a year and a half um and before that i was computer science major and was in corporate world for 20 plus years working in software and this sounds more fun this is a (laughs) lot more fun so i was at a point where got downsized through covid and start looking for a job. I was looking for a job in my field and then I was looking to change careers as well. And that's how I end up at a brewery. So I had my choice between working at a brewery or working at working back in the corporate world, doing client implementations, which didn't sound fun to me anymore. I just couldn't do it. Um, but in order to get the brewery job, I started on third shift end of a package line, taking cases off the end of the package line, put them in on a pallet. And that's how I started third shift for nine months there. And then eventually moved to first shift uh, but between the couple months after a few months started, I was pretty much running any machine on the line um, filler, you know, it could have been the lead, but I wanted to get to first shift. So got to first shift and was there for a while. And then the opportunity opened up for me to move here and uh, moved here.
3: You know, when I, when I was working at Octopi, the very first time I ever saw you, you were running the can filler on first shift. And I'm like, we suddenly have a a new can filler operator like i didn't see you do any of those other jobs and i think part of it was that octopi was just at that point where they were transitioning from being mostly a first shift operation to being like an all-the-time operation and so i didn't even know working there the scope of what our packaging was at that at that moment in time so it's like it seemed like you came out of the blue and were just like in one of the top positions on the first shift (laughs) packaging line i was like oh that's cool and then like you were saying you never like you came from IT, and I was like, oh, okay.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, I was there for nine months before I was on that first show. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. Than running the, yeah, running <laughs> yeah. the filler. Just, but, you know, running the packaging line. No, they'll just get anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing
3: was, he was awesome at it. I was like, well, where the fuck did this guy come from? <laughs> yeah.
4: No, I mean. Graveyard. A, yeah, it was a graveyard. That was having a family, a young daughter. It's like, I'd, you know, I'd work 10 p.m. to 6, 6.30 a.m., get home i'd have to stay awake for like an hour hour and a half take my daughter to school come home sleep during the day until her school ended at like 2 two thirty. 30 then i'd have to get up go pick her up from school play with her my wife would come home i'd try to get an extra hour of sleep in before i had to get ready and go back to work and it was a rough nine that's months. tough yeah that's. but tough. sometimes you know to get into the field i knew you kind of had to do what you had to do and i just waited it out to get to first shift my, did you
1: did you have the joey moment of like what did i do <laughs> I'm getting uh, paid half as much to work oh in yeah the I mean, no the i night, bit, yeah right? i mean
2: yeah even I, last week okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah today this morning <laughs> yeah.
4: no but i mean luckily you know my wife's really successful in what she does so i've been able you know i was able to take the 50 percent plus pay cut to be able to change careers and be happy you know for the last 10 years of my corporate job I worked remotely out of the house so it's like I had no interactions with people except on the phone and it was just you know I needed to get around to move more I'm an active guy I like doing stuff I've always been a runner triathlon stuff so it's like you know this job works good and you know packaging I enjoy because it's it's a workflow for me it's like a flow chart it's like I see how things move and what has to move and I like the analytics of it so you know I just it's a good fit for me you know i you know, I started in packaging I'm like, Oh, maybe I want to be a brewery, brewer or something else. But, you know, after doing this for, so for a few years now, I learned it's like, I actually kind of like where I'm at or it's like, move for an office. I don't really want to be a brewer, you know, seller would be okay. I mean, but it's, I don't think I'd be as passionate about it as the workflow in the process. Cause I always like teaching, like teaching people. It's like, this is what you're looking for. You know, you're not, you can't just sit around. You're always gotta be looking and tr- trying to find the problem before it happens. and just oh. the line down. Cause I don't like the line just stopping for any reason. It's like, it's got to keep on moving. We're too busy. And the more it stops, you know, if you think about driving down the road, it's like, you know, when we drive cars, it's like, we don't like to pull over and stop at go to the bathroom to eat and stuff like that. Because it's like all that stop time, you can't make that up or cause you can only go so fast.
2: No, my wife's always like, they have to go
4: use the bottle. Ooh, I don't yeah. care. I'm not stopping. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny how that
3: gets in your head. Cause like, we'll be on a trip and we'll be like, two hours ahead of schedule and we'll be pulling off and like we don't have the dog with us and malcolm will be like can we eat in a restaurant so i don't get car sick and i'm like no No. (laughs) (laughs) like there's absolutely no reason to say no yeah (laughs) you want that dopamine
2: sledgehammer when you get to that destination five hours early right dude i I, crushed it i've become the one that has to pee all
1: the time now loris making fun of me what are we doing i'm like i gotta pee i'm sorry
4: the first road trip i took with my wife when we just first started dating we took a trip out to colorado for skiing and i'm like okay my car can go five hours without having to stop like before i have to fill up for gas i'm like so we're only stopping once every five hours yeah so she learned to like from early on it's like oh we don't Don't stop unless it's emergency like true emergency (laughs) then we don't stop i had
2: a 98 honda accord for like two years i love that car and i had that thing i would when I drive between uh, Wisconsin and Montana, it was like only two tanks of gas because they would go like 500-something miles or whatever. And I was, I was like, I'm going to have to force myself to stop. I'm going to have to pee before my gas runs out. But yeah, it was way cheap to get across the country, though. I love that. Oh, I need to just throw stop. the diapers back at the kids in the back seat. <laughs> the like I'm 11. I'm it, I, don't, I, don't, care. I don't care. I was gonna
5: say, anyways, should we get back to beer? <laughs> no, that's Good. not as much fun. No. Uh, But well, yeah, what Ryan they're... was saying about like shit breaking down, it's funny because like, well, it's not funny, but I come in like you know two hours after packaging stop or starts in the morning, and when I'm walking up to the building, if I don't hear the lids clanking down on the cans, sure. Sure. I'm like, ah. Oh, <laughs> like Robbie's out having a cigarette and like I, <laughs> yeah. nothing's happening. I'm like, oh, That's God. always the indicator is <laughs>
3: Robbie's smoking. Yeah, it's like, you walk like yeah. oh, shit. What, what yeah. kind of problems are they having today? <laughs> Please tell
2: me Ryan's just giving you a break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you guys are doing changeover right now. Yeah. Yeah, because that's like the ripple effect right back to, to cellar where you're like, wow well, yeah, i got going to have to reshuffle everything now. Ah, you the, know and The soda's not cold enough. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Dang.
2: Yeah it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing when you put it all together, you know. And that's the one thing we always teach everybody. Well, I guess I'm just going to repeat myself from a previous episode, too. But the one thing I try to tell Ryan and the operators, too, especially when Robbie and everybody were learning the canner, it was like you're literally working against the universe, you know. Everything wants to go to an ordered state of disorder. You don't want to peak energy anywhere. And so when you have a machine with so many moving parts and sensors, it – the universe doesn't want it to work. It shouldn't work, you know. So, if it's not working perfectly and you get frustrated by it, it's like you wish wishing one hand crap in the other and see which one fills up first. Canning line and wants we, to be an
3: entropy factory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Oh up.
1: yeah. Go. Yep.
2: What are you missing there? What would you like, Joey? I'll take a hop
4: delicious.
1: Mm.
2: May I please have a hop? May I please have a hop malicious Very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, thank it's you, on the sir. Thank line.
4: It's you not sir. A May I have another? <laughs> it's what's going what's to break next. But, you know, the good part is, like, you know, during the winter and stuff, we have a lot of time to clean everything, go over all the parts. And, you know, we've really learned things and we've learned a lot so more. So this things, is how it's done. Found issues. <laughs> <laughs> and, and caught problems before they come big issues. So it's like really staying on top of the maintenance and knowing what we need to do and when. Um And knowing, like, I teach my guys, it's like, when things are moving, it's like, don't touch anything. Human interaction is the worst thing for machines when things are running. It's like, oh, this looks like it's a little out. I want to make a tweak. Don't, don't. If it's working, just leave it. Stare
2: at it for an extra 10 minutes. Yeah.
4: And see if a different answer doesn't magically pop up. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I'm glad I didn't touch it the first time.
4: Yeah. The one good thing we have is, I said, I know you guys talked about this before, is, you know, we pretty much put it in a brand new packaging line. And... You know, all my guys, we've built this line. So everybody knows almost every inch of this line and we know like where problem area are ours, and we know how to fix things fast. I have one of my guys, he's the manager at Ace Hardware Store, and he's here now. He says, I use more tools here and learn more in tools than I did when I worked at Ace Hardware. Yeah. Like with all the fabrication that we do who, and everything. Who is else. that Ace? William? William. Yeah. yeah. So it's like we, we do our fabrication, we do everything else, and Ryan helps a lot when we run into issues because he's done a lot more than we have, but, you know, all my guys are willing to step up and try anything, which I really you enjoy. You have
1: no idea that how categorically different that is. I mean, for us in the story of, you know, whatever it is now, full 11 years, um, being able to get Ryan out of that and, and give him just a much better chance to really be a brewmaster, you know, all the way, like, and not get, pulled into every maintenance issue i mean he's been turning a wrench this entire time like built every square inch of the brewery fixed every square inch and it's just such a big deal
2: it's the only time i'm happy
1: yeah i know we <laughs> took away robbing me <laughs> of... he took away his bottle i mean that's like his favorite thing yeah. to do so yeah. it was a real it's a huge growing thing i it mean it's my dopamine bottle for yeah sure. it is it, it's his happy place um it's it's taking me but it's such a good thing i mean because you guys are much more empowered you actually know what's going on with it you're more in control of it i feel like it takes away some of that 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 built-in anxiety of packaging where shit always goes wrong for all sorts of reasons that we can't quite figure out what the variables were and you have no ability to impact them because somebody else comes in and fixes it you know versus being able to work on it yourself and, and manage through it it's still a problem but i I maybe I'm a little bit off base but to me it feels like there's it takes away some of that anxiety that you're actually in control of fixing it and working on it and dealing with it where it's like, okay, some stuff's going to go wrong, but we know how to fix it. So my,
3: my takeaway from this is that when things are going wrong on the canning line, like equipment wise, we got to look at Ryan developing Munchausen by proxy and and making it sick (laughs) so he can fix it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Late late night camera, like motion. (laughs) Infrared, me sneaking in and smashing it. (laughs) Very carefully cracked, chaotic circumstances. Like putting
3: a piece of fruit in the fill tube.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, have you guys uh, tried checking those fill tubes?
1: (laughs) No, it's really. I got it. (laughs) Has it been fun? How much did you turn a wrench before this? Has this been a lot of wrench turning for you, like in the scope of your life? Or how many um, wrenches
2: have you turned? How many that, wrenches have you
1: he's, actually he's
4: restored some Jeeps and stuff? Um, yeah. I started as a hobby in 2018 restoring old Jeeps.
1: Oh cool. So
4: right. I've I've torn cars down to the bare frame and built okay. them back up and electrical so I'm pretty good at ripping things apart and then trying to get it back to make it look nice. I awesome. taught welding. My, I taught myself how to weld, thank God. There's grinders out there because they <laughs> look ugly and I can clean them up, but Um, So, and that's why I kind of like got into the brewery too. And the stuff is because I like to work with my hands and doing that stuff more as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I did, I had started to do that. Like I've always been interested in that type of stuff. So, you know, it wasn't as, (coughs) it wasn't a big change for me. For me, the biggest thing was um, being in the lead position is learning to take ownership over the issues where I'm not going to Ryan, you know, anytime there's a small issue or something that needs to be done, it's like, learning what we can do and fix our own to not have to worry about yeah. it. And then, you know, I can brief them later about it and be like, Hey, this came up, we did this fix and whatnot.
1: Discretion is definitely the, I don't know, the defining trait I think of, of leadership for sure. And responsibility is like, okay, we're understanding where that boundary is. I heard, I heard a definition of being an adult is um, knowing when you're allowed to break the rules is becoming an adult. <laughs> It's not just following rules. It's like the discretion. None of us we know the boundaries fit <laughs> that criteria. I know. <laughs> that but that the ability to put make my the pants. decision. Is that wrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, that's such an important, huge part of of that is
4: uh, uh, discretion.
1: Yeah. You know, that's what Mina proved to us so much over the first years was her she had really good discretion, really good decision making where she um, that's why she was who she was for us. I think ultimately, because she knew when to just like keep us out of it versus when she definitely needed to ask. And and she was a force multiplier that way. And you guys have really grown a lot. By the way, this is an awesome batch of I don't know which one. canned on eleven nineteen. I think oh,
5: eleven thirteen thirteen.
1: That makes that's sense. what I said. It's fantastic. That's right
4: yeah, the only time I really go to Ryan now is when I need him to buy something for me. <laughs> I make him spend money. So when he sees me coming, he probably ducks inside because he's like, well, yeah, so he's gonna make right. me spend money. money. How much do I spend today?
2: Yeah. Yeah, even uh was it Friday? <clears throat> I walked up, you guys were doing some maintenance, catching up on stuff on Friday, and I yeah. just saw Robbie going through some bolts or whatever. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, ah, I'm a drip panel. He does this one thing, so I was just gonna do this. And I was like, Oh, cool, you wanna show me? And then and we kind of started picking at it together. And then I thought, oh, I'm actually up in his shit right now. Like, he kind of wants me to go away. And I was like, ah, that's great. That's fantastic. He saw the problem, just figured it out.
3: Did he delegate to have you fix the coffee pots? <laughs> no,
2: I did because Joey was like, oh, I left a cup in there for you. As I was walking towards him, I'm like, oh, cool, man. Thanks. I hope really appreciate it. And then I went to go dispense it. And the frigging thing was broken. Well, I got you good. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a biscuit. I'm going to hide inside a bright tank and jump out. I'm going to find my dead, exfaciated body. <laughs> <laughs> we really oh, we already that you. You yeah. really committed to that one. <laughs> it's like a Cracker Jack box. You just need a sign <laughs> that says boot. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Why does this beer taste like dead? <laughs> There's a body inside. <laughs> Likely owed someone money.
5: Ryan has a choking kink. Hmm.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Carbon 4 podcast, an unhinged brewery tour visit the Tap Room here in Madison, Wisconsin. Be sure to mention the K4 podcast to get a BOGO beer deal or visit Carbon4.com or WiscoPopSoda.com. Enter the promo code UNHINGED to receive 10% off your purchase and follow Carbon4 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Send in your questions, comments for the team. Cheers, guys. Thanks for
2: listening.